Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast. Hosted by Central Kentucky Extension agents, Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams. Where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Dirt to Dollars. Uh, what week are we in this week? The week of October the 20th? 20-ish? We're recording on the 20th-ish. Yeah. 15th. 14th. 14th. It would be You're a week. That was last Friday. <laughs> oh, that maybe. I don't today know. Today is what the 20th. Week according of the to 16th. my computer. Week of the 6th, October 16th. That's better. Okay. That's better. That was the first day of the week. Got got Halloween coming up here pretty soon, right? That yeah. end of this month. I yeah, guess I need I to find a Halloween costume. Did you get you one yet? Got it yet? No. So Daniel and I go to a Halloween party that there's a costume party every year. And I think my wife and I are we champions two years running. Uh maybe. I think we didn't are. I win we're gonna one year. I, I, I went as Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. So maybe I it's been we've we've pretty much between us, we've dominated it. Yeah. Well, it's already wrapped up this year, so just don't even try. Oh, you we wait. No, you I, wait. You I wait. don't I don't have it yet. But we've got an idea of what it's probably going to be. And our stuff came yesterday. I went to the mailbox yesterday, and like I thought to check it because you could see stuff bursting out of it. I was like, "What in the world?" Went open the mailbox, and there's 14 Amazon envelopes in there. You know, like the little like bubble wrap Flats, envelopes yeah. they put mm-hmm. stuff in. My wife had ordered all this. Amazon, all this Halloween stuff off Amazon, and I swear they sent everything in an individual envelope. So, I'm did you like, say? How did you say it? Did you say Halloween? Halloween. Halloween. I thought it was Halloween. 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 Were you, you hauling stuff? Okay, yeah. never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Never I was hauling mind. those Amazon packages yeah. back to the house, <laughs> and it was slightly <laughs> embarrassing because, like, all the neighbors were driving by. There's 14 cars drive by as I'm trying to get in the house with this armload of Amazon packages. I'm just like, sorry, my wife has a problem. <laughs> now, now, do your kids have theirs picked yes. out though? Yes, the baby's going good. as yeah. the baby's going as a pumpkin. Oh, we got a cute. pumpkin costume. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, four year old's going as a rainbow ranger. Do y'all know who the rainbow rangers are? I feel like it's, I do. Um, do they eat rainbow pudding? No, they don't. It's uh some kids cartoon on never heard of it amazon like care bears or something or care bears on when they're rainbow like didn't they ride in on a rainbow or something Mm -hmm. like that sure care bears are back in i think mine are gonna go i can vaguely remember care bears from my childhood mine are gonna be stranger things characters (laughs) and i don't know what the baby's gonna be probably an ego if i had to if i had to do a last minute I'm still on the search for like his. a waffle. Yeah, because on Stranger Things, Eleven's favorite food is when she's. If I you watch it, no you un- you'll understand. That's all. I got it. To me. Uh, my daughter is some Disney princessish person. I don't. I think it's something from the Last Dragon, Raya, maybe Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. And uh, but my son is Groot. He's got a oh. I am Groot and he puts it on and he just goes, I am Groot. I am Groot. Jackson. Jackson around. was Groot last year. <laughs> That's funny. 
but yeah, everybody will see what my costume is going to be later. I don't have it yet, yeah. but I know what it's going to be. So it's. Well, it doesn't we'll matter. See. We'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. I'm going. I'm dressing up as mom. That's what I'm dressing up as. Lame. I know. Uh, we we got to talk about the weather. We're still under these red flag warnings. It's still dry, obviously, and uh, and we need, we need some rain. Fire danger. Um, so there, there's been several in our area in the last few days. So yeah, it's it's just be careful. Yeah, I've heard of a few. Yeah, I think most people got a little sprinkle. Sunday. Right? I mean, Sunday, yeah, a little yeah. bit. I mean, we, we got enough to, to get the concrete wet. We had to but, shut down. We got enough. We had to shut down running corn for like two mm-hmm. hours. I got enough that it made the dust on my car stick to my car. Even it made it look even worse once it dried. Yeah, it wasn't enough to wash it off. It just made no. it all look. Yeah. And where I work, our, our office is now in front of the rock quarry. We have that dust. Is I mean, it doesn't I bet matter. It looks like you drove down a fourteen mile gravel road every time you. Yes, it does. I mean, I can wash. Of course, I drive a black vehicle because I'm, you know, like that. And I can't have a white vehicle and make it easy. And I mean, it stays disgusting. Bad choice in color, but it's okay for for, for a vehicle. And also with the weather, it's been cold. It's we've had several freeze warnings the last few days so it's um when do they stop freeze warnings i thought after the first freeze that's what i thought too and it's like every day freeze warning freeze warning i was like okay getting a little annoying we know and most of the state has had one so i don't yeah you would think it would be just from the yeah i i drove by a house this morning that had like all their plants covered still and i was like that's still a thing it's almost november just let them die let it go yeah, it's yeah. about time for the. This is kind of the time of year that the freezes start to to happen. But My yeah, I was kind of, I was wondering like, why why are they keep why do they keep doing that? Some Somebody city said. city folk, I guess. And I actually, I will say, it's probably because of downtown Louisville, mostly yeah. because it may they not have gotten to freezing freeze. yet because they have that 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 uh, heat island or whatever. But mm-hmm. have you turned your heat on yet, Daniel? He gave. <sighs> <laughs> Finally you do have in. kids okay yeah. so it's okay they don't it's care right. they it's wear like they pajamas do. and it's long sleep like and they got blankets they don't, my son he don't care at all he he'd be in his shorts and his t-shirt and it's 60 degrees in the house playing with his car's toys he don't care we turned the heat on and then i i guess where i'm not used to the heat being on i woke up sweating overnight i was like my gosh it is hot in this house so turn it down we cranked it on first of the week which my four-year-old she thrashes out from underneath the covers in the middle of the night most nights so made it till uh i guess tuesday i had i did the wood stove monday and didn't turn it on then tuesday was yeah we, we turned the heat over and i've had some sick i had a sick we've had some sickness going through our house and i just wanted to make sure they were comfortable so i turned on the heat Oh, look at you being nice. It's just so thoughtful. Being a softy. He's <laughs> getting weak in his old age. Mm-hmm. I did hear, um, I see I had an, a meeting this week and somebody said they noticed their house got down to 57 or 58 and they Ooh. still hadn't turned their heat on. And I was like, Dang. That's the world I was like, right there. <laughs> I, I gave him a high five. I was like, that's what I like. 
because ours got, I think the lowest I saw ours get, we got to 60 and uh, uh, one night or one morning, and that was a little chilly. But I um, think I saw 65 was as cold as ours ever got. We've been down to like 63, but that after uh, I'm done with that too much. So if you if you drop below 60s in your house before you turned it on, high five to you. I I salute you. you. I could have done it. I would have done it. I'm fine with it. But um, but I just I I was worried about everybody else. And then um, my my mother in law came by for dinner, and I wanted to make sure that she didn't get cold. So that's we turned the heat on. Son-in-law of the year. I know. I just keep racking up points. Yes. We haven't mentioned who we're having on the show today. Um, So I guess we'll just go on and and get get to him. Um, Matt, why don't you give our guest an introduction? All right. So with us now, we have Hardin County young farmer, Kyle Mobley. Kyle, thanks for coming on this week. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. You call him him a young farmer. Well, he's younger than me. I know, but... (laughs) I can remember when he was a really young farmer because whenever I first came into uh Cecilia area working in sales, he was a little chap. Yep. yep. He was, yep. He was I remember barely that seeing over the counter. He was a young one. So well with my my family uh seeing over the counter, that that's uh <laughs> that ain't saying much great. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but uh, but no, I've been uh, uh, glad to know the Mobleys for a long time. So, uh, uh, but Matt, I think did I hijack your intro? Sorry, <laughs> you did a little bit, but it's okay. I'll forgive you this time. Uh, so, Kyle, as we get started here, why don't you just tell us just a little bit about yourself and about your family operation there? Okay. Well, I'm a fifth generation farmer. Uh, not only fifth generation, but fifth generation on the same uh, home farm. The first Mobley, and I'm I'm going way back before my time here, but uh, first Mobley purchased the place in 1901, and then uh, we've been through a, a lot of different things as far as uh, what we've had on the farm, uh, grown, produced. Um, before my time, uh, Dad and Papa were in the dairy business. They did that up until '86, I think it was. Have always uh, grown some corn and soybeans on the side throughout there uh got out of the dairy business and i think it was 91 still before my time that uh they got into the hog business um had a feral to finish operation and then um that was really i was born 95 and i become really involved with the feral to finish operation there um in that same time frame of course had tobacco got out of tobacco around 2000 three-ish, four-ish, whenever the, the buyout was. Um, I was I was young. I was thinking about this the other night. I was young enough at that point. I'd follow the setter, but I was never big enough that I did a whole lot more than that. Actually, I think I've done more tobacco after we got out for other people than than us. But uh, the fair to finish operation, we uh, had it up until 06. And, Matt, you would remember the tornado. Yeah. <laughs> that rolled through in January 2nd of 06. Um, that took out uh, all the hog barns, our shop, uh, left the old corn crib standing was all that was left standing other than uh, grain bins, took out two silos. And so... Uh, and your house? Yep, took out the house. Yeah, it was a major ordeal. Dad was in the house when it hit. Uh, luckily, he'd come out with just a couple scrapes. But uh, we were actually able to salvage everything out of that. 
uh, out of the house and everything. I actually moved it three times in one week during that. Um, everything was moved out that night in two hours, I think. So I think we hold record for that. But uh, what year did that happen? The tornado 2006. Oh, he just said that. Okay. Cause that was, <laughs> that happened like whenever I came down in 2008, I think was when I came in and there was a tornado that came in not far from, from you. I think it hit like the Harrington farm uh, and uh, the rights kind of in that area, right. As I kind of started in, in, in 07. And I remember just a lot of people talking about, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, 08, uh, but a lot of people talking about, how many tornadoes had been in that area in that short amount of time. Yeah. I think that one was, uh, in February of 08, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I started uh, in March of 08. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was right. Uh, yeah, that one was, was pretty close. That one actually hit central Harden high school mm-hmm. at that time too, going across the football field and all that. Um, but in 06, when the tornado hit, we, uh, we built one, we put, built the finishing floor back with the intention of, uh, running some feeders through it until we decided, you know, if we built the other two back. Well, about that time, if I remember right, of course, I was 10, 11 years old still, you know, involved, but not involved fully. And uh, if I remember correctly, the price of corn at that time went up and hog prices uh-huh. tanked. And so, uh, needless to say, after that, I had a really nice barn for show pigs for about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did that, and... Uh, after that, we've just been primarily focusing on uh, corn and soybeans. Um, and then uh, that's kind of brought us to where we are now, I guess, on the operation side. So, so yeah, I was there a day or two after the uh, – probably the next day, I think, after the tornado uh, to help with cleanup. Uh, I would have been a senior in high school, I guess, and uh, was co-oping at the time, and my co-op boss – said we don't need you here go help (laughs) so uh yeah i can remember there were that he's not exaggerating at all it basically wiped everything out that was a mess it's kind of funny that the new house they built uh actually built back on the other side of the creek matt would know where the creek runs through Mm -hmm. but built back on the other side of the creek and that was the main thing dad said he said i'm building on the other side of the creek because when i was young uh, I can remember if it come a heavy rain and that creek been known to get out. And so two, three o'clock in the morning, we get up and we go to Memo's house on the other side of the creek so we wouldn't get stuck in the next morning. Uh, but he said, it was his main thing. Well, heck, they ended up building the house right in the path where the tornado come through. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been kind of a joke since then. But yeah, that, that night was uh, one you'll never forget. Uh, just the amount of people that were out there and even that whole week. Uh, somebody, somebody counted it up. And if I remember correctly, and my numbers may be way off, but there was at least a hundred to 150 people around the barns. And if not that many more at the house that night, um, I mean, hogs were going to different operations. Of course, Matt, you remember back then, everybody around here had some, some type of fair to finish or operation going on. So we spent weeks there driving daily if not every other day just checking hogs yeah so until they yeah that's i think that's what uh the main thing i helped with was getting hogs moved and yeah. and out of there so it's a it's a neat trend to, to notice we always interview you know when we're interviewing people and they're telling us about their their backgrounds and their families generational backgrounds of, of farming and every every multi-generation farmer we've had has mentioned 
dairy and, and or hogs, hogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> most, and, of, and them most of them tobacco too but generally that's the foundation of their farming operation was uh was the dairy business or hogs so what's what what would you say like the foundation of of, of your all's farm is now just, just grain crops grain yeah just yeah. corn soybeans yeah also i guess you didn't mention any of your uh maybe your educational background and, yeah. and uh, stuff like that Were you, you were, I guess you were involved in FFA in high mm-hmm. school, correct? So when I, when I got to central Harden, uh, freshman year, I uh, knew what path I was taking. I knew I was going to be FFA and involved. Um, actually Larry Hendrick, one of the ag teachers at the time, uh, I can remember when I was probably seventh grade, of course I'd know, knew Larry growing up through, him being young farmer advisor with dad being involved there. Uh, seventh grade, he actually came and made a farm visit one summer. And uh, later on, he said that the re- main reason he did that, he said, I'm making sure you were going to be involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but went all four years of high school there, uh, involved in FFA, was the uh, SAE co-chair sophomore year and then reporter junior year and then was lucky enough to uh, become president uh, senior year. And you had who was your advisor? Was it Janae at that time? Uh, senior year would have been uh, Janae Thompson, Derek mm-hmm. Smith, and Derek Megan Bishop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Derek um, is in Breckenridge County now. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. They and were then, all through very good. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And then you went on to uh, you didn't go on to UK. You went, <laughs> you went to that other school down the road, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. So. I've always been a lifelong Kentucky fan, um, but when uh, senior year rolled around, actually, I didn't know if college was going to be my thing. Um, Dad, you know, kind of wasn't really pushing it, was kind of pushing it, said, I want you to try it. And so uh, the other factor that went into that was here I was, only child. All I knew was the farm growing up, and I was like, I don't know if I want to leave yet. And so I did a year at ECTC and um, then transferred to Western. Go tops. Um, yep. Go tops. Go tops. And so, uh, did that and actually, uh, graduated from Western in December of 17. Um, so really enjoyed my time down there. Actually, my first year at ECTC, I remember my spring semester. I come home one night about middle of the semester and I told dad, I said, if I don't transfer to Western in the fall, I'm dropping out. <laughs> and he says, why? I said, I am bored out of my mind right now taking gen eds. And I said, I've, I got to go if I'm going to do it. And so uh, that's what that next fall, I guess it would have been uh, fall of uh, 15, I guess I transferred to Western. So uh, I, really you, I get what you're saying there because, you know, I, there were a lot of people around here that, and nothing against ECTC, it's a great school, but. There were a lot of people around here. I know when I graduated high school that went to ECTC to do a year or two or whatever before they went somewhere else. And I thought about doing that myself. But if I had done that, I'd have never went on to Western. I'd have probably just dropped out and went and did something different. Kyle, what is your degree in from Western? Uh, agronomy, plant science. I really enjoyed that. Um, I'll kind of throw a little blurb in here on uh, the the Ag Department at Western. I really enjoyed it down there. Just uh, Dr. Willen and Dr. G were uh, great to to be kind of under, I guess you want to say. Uh, Dr. G's Becky Gilfillan, right? 
Yep. Yes. 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 She was my advisor for my master's program. I, I enjoyed her as well. And her and, and Dr. Will and both were very helpful. They, uh, it was one of those deals. Once you got into your major classes, you know, and I think it was the same way at UK, your classes started getting smaller and you, you kind of start to be more involved. But I really like some of the agronomy side classes just because once you got down to your late junior, senior year, uh, you know, you were in class sizes of sometimes 15 to 20. And so you really, you knew everybody in the class. You got to get to know Dr. Will and Dr. G, all of them really well. Um, Dr. Will and actually had nicknames for almost everybody in the class. And uh, it was, uh, it was really, really good. Really good time. So, well, so what was your nickname? <laughs> well, we won't, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, um, Whenever I was down there and I mentioned that I knew Matt Adams and I think it may have been Dr. Will and he goes, Probably Oh, was. Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's been a that's been a tradition for years, I think, from what yeah. I was talking about. I mean, he he actually and Matt, I don't know if he did this uh when you were down there, but he actually would middle of the class just stop teaching for a while and he'd throw a or at least for us, he threw a video up every now and then. And it was uh Willen's, I don't remember what he called it exactly, but it was like Willen's word of advice for the day or something. And he threw this YouTube video up and a lot of times it would be like an old advertisement for something. And he would relate it back to somebody in the class and say something about them off the wall. So I just, that's what I always liked. He just uh, kind of threw that in there and broke up the monotony sometimes. So, well, I never, I, I, I never got a nickname. Of course, I, I wasn't yeah, an undergrad. Maybe that's an undergrad thing, but <laughs> I never got a nickname. I'm a little upset. So you graduated college. Was it always the plan to come back to the farm, or was there ever any worry if there was going to be a place for you when you came back? I know that's always kind of a concern when uh, when somebody comes back. It's a little bit of a hassle, or not a hassle, but can be a little bit of a challenge sometimes to go from – supporting one full-time income to two mm -hmm. uh how was how was that when when you graduated or got close to graduation so uh i would say probably going back to mid uh late high school you know that was when i was kind of like what's what's the plan in a way and uh i always wanted to come back in farm i thought but then at the other side i kind of had that thought too in high school of like is it going to be feasible do i really want to do that and I knew whatever I wanted to do was going to be in the ag industry. And uh, I guess it was probably late high school when I really fully made that decision. Um, and part of that, I guess, played into a few few different factors that, that happened while I was in high school. Um, with the uh, passing of my, my grandfather and then uh, Matt, you would, and Daniel, too, I think you all, you all remember Pat Owsley, yep. um, mm -hmm. dad's, dad's cousin, um, kind of going to spin off here a little bit but uh to kind of tell a story um my papa come down with cancer lung cancer in oh gosh i'm testing my time here probably oh nine ish around there i was in middle school and about that time um then pat and dad started kind of farming together uh operations were still separate but would started kind of buying equipment together um and so papa fought that lung cancer for probably four years i think and then in may of 12 he died of uh complications from the cancer and then uh, actually 2012 was a year we uh, we kind of want to forget <laughs> because then uh y'all would remember uh pat 
was killed in a tractor rollover accident in Mm -hmm. uh, October of 12. Mm -hmm. And so of course that was the year of the drought too. Um, So that, that's a year we, we talk about that, you know, we kind of, kind of don't like to remember, Um, but it's hard to believe now, 2022, it's hard to believe that's 10 years ago. 10 years. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of, kind of was the factor there in kind of saying, you know, what I was going to do at that point. And then when I, so then all the way through college, I kind of had my mind made and that was the plan. Um, You know, I had a lot of, and I, I, even in college and out of high school, I did some, some, you know, a lot of people say do your summer interns and that's how people get started career wise and all that. But, and I did a few of those um, and I had some opportunities there as well. um, But kind of knew at that point, I knew I wanted to do. So, and that's, that, that kind of set me on the path where I'm at now, I guess. So then I know you've also, as you've uh, come back into the farm, you've, uh, like a lot of young farmers do, you've developed a few, what do you call them, Daniel, side hustles? Side hustles, yeah. <laughs> Is that what the kids call them nowadays? And yeah. uh, so do you want to talk about that and kind of how yep. those developed a little bit? So uh, December, when I graduated December 17, actually, uh, I was talking about, you know, some of those summer internships and other opportunities I was actually approached then. Um, by David Brandon, a local agronomist here. And I actually uh, worked part-time for him that first summer and first year in 2018 doing some crop scouting. Um, and uh, him and now Ethan Snyder, that's kind of, I think, taking over his, uh, his, op- his little operation there. Uh, we kind of worked alongside each other, uh, which so learned quite a bit from me. From, <laughs> I'll say I learned more from Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> than uh, than he probably learned it all from me, but uh, learned a lot from da- from David. And then uh, the end of eighteen, I was approached by uh, Kirby Green. At that time, she was the uh, decal Asgro uh, rep in this area, and I was approached by her to. Uh, they were starting a new position, uh, contract position, with uh, Climate Field View, and. Uh, so she said, well, I want you to go talk to, uh, sit down and talk to uh, the, uh, I think they called them FSRs or, or what they called them at that time, but she was over climate for the state. And uh, her name was Lynn Knowles at the time. And uh, so really was like, well, that sounds like a decent opportunity. So I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. So sit down and talk to her. And I think in January of 19, I started uh, a contractor for Climate Fieldview. And so, you know, doing for, uh, maybe the listeners that don't know what that is, it's a app-based data uh, system for um, for farmers. And so all through an iPad, we can, in, in a single app, you can put your data from planting uh, and harvesting there together, your spray records, all of it can go into one uh, one app there. And it's all goes up in the cloud, stored in the, in the cloud, and you can access it from your phone, from the computer, laptop, um, and then, so I do anything from as simple as iPad setup um, on the Apple side, all the way to installing uh, wiring harnesses in in the cab to uh, farmers, so that they're be able to use off of their monitor in the cab. So, um, and then as if that wasn't enough <laughs> in nineteen, I uh, ended up in I think it was March or April, ended up buying another side business um and renting tables and chairs so in 19 about the time i'm thinking what am i doing (laughs) you know uh 
trying to full-time farm, do the contracting and then, uh, then buying the business. I was like, what, what am I doing? But it was kind of a thought process. The, the, uh, field view, I'm still doing it today, still under contract with them. And, uh, it was kind of the understanding at that point, or at least my understanding that I had thought that the hours on that would kind of decrease as time went on, uh, because you would get, I mean, Daniel, we're talking about this before. I think that you would get so many guys signed up within an area or within the state and you eventually hit a wall to where you got guys that are not compatible or don't, don't want to do it or go on another route. Um, so that's, that's kind of where we're at now. And so actually as that has decreased, uh, party rental has increased, um, quite a bit from when I, from when I bought it and, uh, how I got into that was, uh, we were talking about Janae Thompson earlier, um, her husband, Brandon, um, was the one I actually bought the, the business from. Um, when I was in high school, he started it my senior year and uh, just on another side business he started. And so I helped him a little bit. Um, their boys had kind of become like little brothers to me. And uh, then I think it was Farm to Table of 2018. I had actually went and picked up the trailer uh, to take tables and chairs down to the fairgrounds. And I just jokingly sent him a picture and it was when it was in the barn with hooked to my truck. I said, dang, that looks good behind that truck or something like that. (laughs) And he texted me back and he says, buy it. And I was like, no. And I showed it to Janae and she said, he's not kidding. He'll sell it to you. (laughs) And so we talked for about six, eight months. And then that's when we, uh, we finally made the deal in spring of 19. So, um, and then of course when 2020 rolled around, I was really like, what am I doing? Business <laughs> 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 there just tanked. So, but. So is been- that something, the table and chair rental, does that balance pretty well with the, with the farming? Is it something that you find <laughs> fits pretty well with it? It does. Uh, there are times that are, that are trying. <laughs> uh, obviously wedding season, coincides with uh, spring and fall <laughs> so uh it, it works out pretty well i mean most most of that i can uh take care of on friday morning and be done by 11 o'clock you know do my deliveries be done um here within the last i'd say two years i've picked up more business here and there during the week um but most all that i can deliver mornings and pretty flexible you know in a way kind of uh most people that rent from me are pretty pretty flexible um and I try to be flexible on my end too. So it, uh, it becomes a challenge at times, but you know, we, we make it work. Um, occasionally I get a little, little free help from, from dad when we're both not needed in the field, but, uh, it, it works out. So. Get you a tent, you'll probably triple your business. <laughs> oh, I, I, we were, we were talking about that the other day. Uh, I think I get calls for tents probably four times a week it seems like now and you know that's actually what me and brandon had talked about uh before i ever bought it we were gonna buy tents and they just go partners and uh at the time he was working with his dad uh doing remodels power washing and all that and he, he'd come back we talked about it again he's like we don't need to do that he said neither one of us have time to be putting up tents <laughs> Yeah, that's a little more of a time commitment than dropping off some tables and chairs. Yeah, yes, it's it a little more. It's a little more intense. Well, <laughs> my, <laughs> my my granddad had a tent that he rented out, and it, that's towards the end of his farming career. And he had a designated set of a couple of guys that that's all they did was go set up and take down tents. 
so uh before we have to wrap up here uh i know we're right in the middle of harvest here you all are right in the middle of it uh how's harvest going how uh how far along are you guys are you getting along pretty good or we're uh we're getting along pretty good now we had uh seemed like a little rocky start um uh, there was a lot of days running corn there at the start that we felt like we didn't get get rolling till 12 or one o'clock we were having uh seemed like for two weeks there we had issues with the uh, takeaway augers going out of our drying bin mm. uh, i think we had i think we did three or four motor chains outs there in a week and a half two weeks span uh and then shredded belts on two different ones it was it was a mess there for a while but uh we we got that all worked out and uh we should actually wrap up with corn hopefully tomorrow if not saturday um and we've already we've ran some beans uh and then we'll switch back over to and finish up the rest of beans so we're rolling pretty good uh after getting through all that so how are our yields do you think they were hurt much with uh with the drought i know you all were in one of kind of the drier areas over there we uh i, I told somebody today i said this was a year that ended up paying to be pessimistic um, because I was fully prepared the way it was looking for, you know, hundred bushel on corn and or less. And uh, come to find out, plant date has made the biggest factor. And I think that's what I've I've been I've been hearing from everybody else and everybody's been talking about. Um, I've from what I've seen on at least our corn, we get past that May. I'm going to say May 9, May, May 10, May 12 plant date, and the yields really, uh, really jumped. Um, we, uh, but I will say for the, for, for overall yields have been pleasantly surprising. Um, even our, the earliest corn, it was, uh, very, <laughs> very kind of head scratching. Like how, how'd that happen? <laughs> I think we've heard that from a lot of people this fall, mm -hmm. so. Bean, uh, bean yields, bean yields. On the other hand, I mean, we we ran all of our early April planted beans. I think they were April twenty sixth to twenty eighth, and they were good, but uh, wasn't probably what we were expecting from them. But I think that was like you were talking about the dry and the heat. I think they took a hit there. But uh, I'm kind of anxious to run some of these mid May beans and maybe see what what they're like. So. All right, the real important question here before we finish it up. Have have you had any cab corn yet? <laughs> well, I'm sitting here looking at it right now and there's some on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what is that? That's the auxiliary green tank. Isn't That's it? right. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> so but all right. Well, thanks for coming on with us, Kyle. We'll uh probably be sure to bring you back sometime in the future. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Happy Thanks, harvest. Kyle. See y'all. All right. Well, that was good talking to Mr. Kyle Mobley and uh, I guess Kevin, we should say, Kevin, we're sorry. We took Kyle away from the farm for a little while. Uh, you can have him back now. You're welcome. We'll get over it. Yeah. But one thing, uh, you know, it, that Kyle mentioned was about um, how long it had been since, since Pat Owsley had, uh, had passed and, and also, uh, you know, Kyle's, uh, granddad that year too had passed away and uh, those were two you know pillars of, of the ag community and we actually had lost a few other 
pillars these last, uh, I guess in this last week mm-hmm. was uh, Norman Lasley and, and Aubin Mattingly. And I, I didn't know Norman as well, but I knew he was, uh, you know, uh, a pillar in the ag community and was very involved in the dairy industry. Um, and then also, I think Aubin was too in the, yep. in the dairy industry, right? And yep. uh, actually, I knew Aubin a little better just for my work in sales over the years and always liked uh, dealing with, with their family and uh, over the years. And it's uh, just prayers go out to their families and, and, uh, and friends and, and fellow farmers because they definitely made an impact to a lot of people in the ag community. And I had another death in the ag community this week too. Somebody was mentioning earlier this week that you know, they say stuff like that runs in threes, but uh, I know he would have done a lot of work in Southern Hardin and, and parts of LaRue County, but Dr. Kevin Vance. Oh, yes, uh, yes. I forgot about that. Veterinarian yep. around the Horse Cave area uh, lost a battle with cancer uh, earlier or late last week. I think it was Friday when he passed mm-hmm. away. So want to remember remember him and his family and the family at the vet clinic down there as well. So. I guess folks are around here are wrapping up corn. Matt, have you done? Are you about done? We're done with corn. Well, so have you started on beans yet? No. Why not? Because life has gotten in the way. But <laughs> yeah, we got done with corn, and then the day job has been getting in the way on getting stuff switched over. Is that all just... that's been getting in the way? Yeah, I think. I heard rumor. What'd you hear rumor? I heard that. Uh... You don't know how to operate a steering wheel. Why is that? And you're just waiting for your auto track to get installed so you don't have to drive to harvest oh. your soybeans. Yeah. Oh, I was like, that's one uh... of the things that has to go in before we switch over. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd like to know where you get your information. Sometimes. I have my sources. <laughs> I didn't take you for being that lazy. I figured you just, you know, you just, you know, drive with your uh, hands. If but, you got it, you yeah, might I mean, as well use it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> Hey, I mean, it's all right. It's, an, it's a new yeah. fun thing. You got to try it out, right? That's right. That's right. So, I and I will say, we talked about cab corn with Kyle. Right. I made it to the last farm. We had like two trucks left to load before I cab corned it. And I got mm-hmm. it good. And it just happened to accidentally make it in a sunset picture and everybody on Facebook called me out on it. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. It was one of those deals going down a hill and really good corn. And I was on the phone actually with my fertilized salesman. So I was kind of distraught getting fertilizer prices. And it beeped once, it beeped twice, and then I started hearing it trickle. And you do that panic jerk back on the hydro. And, and then it's just whoosh. <laughs> Once, yeah. twice, three times in cap corn. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a song. That's right. So I almost made it through. Uh, it seems like, I mean, there we are, as far as the grain crops grow, blah, grow go, uh, everybody's getting along pretty good. I've heard a few farmers say that they've had a moment or two where they smelled something smoking and, you know, jumped off real quick and, checked everything and you know made sure and that's uh you know keep doing that uh we yes. do not need a uh any any fires 
that and something I heard on another show this week because I mean, this is con- or nationwide. Basically, we've mm-hmm. had good running weather and haven't had rain delays. Uh, and you know, typically we'll have a rain delay. It's not uncommon once a week to have a rain delay during harvest, and you get a little bit of a break to recharge your batteries and everything. But uh, just remind everybody: if you're tired, if you feel like you need a break, if you need a day off. Nobody's going to judge. Well, some people may judge you, but who cares what they think? Their opinions don't matter. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, take a break. Take a day off if you need to. It'll still be there. The way the forecast looks, we got plenty of time to get it done. So, may actually help you if we could catch a little bit of a rain and put some put some moisture back into some of these beans and uh, decrease that fire danger a little bit, get some dust down. So. Yeah. Speaking Don't be of, too proud to take a break. Speaking of uh, rain, I know that some a, a, an article came out today from UK grain folks talking about dusting in wheat because I know a lot of people will start putting in wheat here soon. There's been a and, lot of wheat planted in Hardin and Larue County. Especially. Yeah. And so there's going to be an article about that, you know, that there is obviously you're going to kind of want to, um, plant a little deeper maybe than normal and you know just wait for the rain maybe i think so. most most of most of the ones that i've talked to have already basically got most of their wheat planted yeah. um and actually didn't have any issues there, there was mm-hmm. the comment from many of them was that there was moisture in the ground and that um, almost concerns me more than if there wasn't moisture in the ground with the way the forecast looks that's i've got some pictures from uh from some people within the last week of wheat that was planted just a few days ago that they've went back and dug up that roots are already starting to, to sprout out of it. It's already starting to germinate and they're saying there's not much moisture there now. So there was moisture when it was planted and it's, Mm -hmm. it's starting to dry up. So that may cause some issues if we don't catch a rain here in the next few days, really. I got a few that are, that haven't started yet. So I've, you know hopefully they'll be able to wait for a few more till we get a little bit of rain never get nothing done waiting on rain but that's true you should still make an informed decision and look at the forecast because it's not looking pretty there's actually next week there's several days with 20 percent, and that looks a lot better than five that we've been seeing for the last month uh going in on a month and a half now but um Anyway, a lot of people feeding hay already, and and it's uh, um, it's we need we need some water. I say this every week. Maybe <laughs> I need to stop saying it. Um, I might go wash my truck and do all that fun stuff to make it rain. Would say you could cut some hay, but there's really not any hay to cut. <laughs> no. I talked to a producer yesterday that said, you know, I'm. They live kind of in a wet area of our county, and. He said, you know, I, I know we need the rain, but he said, this has allowed me to, and he's not a grain crops guy. He's a cattle guy. He said, I've gotten a lot of stuff done with no rain. Cause usually he has to wade in mud this time of year or, you know, going into the winter. So he said, he's, he said, now I think now that I'm done, we can use some rain. Well, and speaking of rain, we caught a little bit of snow in some areas mm-hmm. this week as well. You so. stop that nonsense. It's uh, I know there was a little bit of a flurry here at the office whatever day that was tuesday monday tuesday yep. wasn't it tuesday morning i think it was tuesday uh, saw some pictures of like the danville marion washington county area where there was enough like it covered some vehicles 
Mm-hmm. I did something with it being dry that I you know I'd never done before. It did, but it worked. I had I had like five more T posts that I had to get in the ground so I could finish a stretch of fence. And I just I had a water tank that I watered the sheep from, and I had it back there, and I filled up a bucket and just tried to soak the ground as good as I can. And finally, I it worked. I got the T posts in the ground pretty good. Um, then I had one T post that I had driven that I needed to pull out. And mm. I did that little hack where you take the post driver and you stick it in there and you wedge it back. And oh man, it, that ground is like concrete. I, I couldn't, I couldn't budge it. Maybe and I could have, I could have hooked stronger. up a tractor and pull. I mean, I could have pulled it out, but I was just, I didn't want to get all that out there just to pull one T post out. But it was, uh, and it was on the very back side of my farm, but it just, it was in there like swimwear. What they say, it was not, <laughs> it was not coming out. So it's still, it's just going to have to be there. Do you need me to come pull it for you? Sure. It can be the modern, <laughs> it can be the farmer sword in the stone story. We'll <laughs> see right. if you can pull it out and be the new king. That's right. I'll, would I be I'm the sheep a, king? You would be. And I will give you a crown and everything. You come pull that thing out with your hands. Uh, so we've had a water shortage. I guess we probably about, yeah, we might have another minute or two. Um, there's also rumors of a butter shortage. Yeah. Didn't I, we talk about butter prices last week? Well, we kind of did. did. We talked yeah. about dairy demand and I bet there's something to do with that with the uh, reason they're forecasting this. Cause there's such a high demand of dairy products. Um, but I, I don't know the reasoning for it, but evidently there's a, a real some, chance that it's going to be short. Yeah. And something I had, it was also labor, you know, there's obviously the demand, but also labor shortages. Butter. Yeah. Well, they need more people to work on the dairy farms to get the butter, you know, get the milk to X, Y, and Z. Then you got transport issues too. So, I mean, they, they said it's been, there's a lot of the same things that are, that they have that have been plaguing us for a while. And now they're just saying it's, it's finding its way to butter. Well, it's like whenever we start, I guess maybe we should just go buy our butter, just go buy a bunch of butter and put or, it in the fridge yeah. and then we'll have a toilet paper fiasco. Yep. Yeah. Just like we did with that. Well, the prices, they said the prices have gone up. Okay. So you're obviously going to pay more for it. So I, my question, I was t- talking to my husband about this last night. I said, I wonder if whipping cream is going to be short too, because I mean, I can make butter from whipping cream, so I'll just buy whipping cream if butter's not available, but I don't Most know if that's aren't that smart. Well, that's where your, that's where your extension office can come in exactly handy. And if you right. can't find butter, contact your local family mm-hmm. consumer science agent, and they can give you some tips on how to uh, utilize butter. or make butter or maybe find an alternative. You know, if you're, if you're needing an alternative to an ingredient or something like that, um, that's what they're there for. So maybe we should have uh, a family consumer science agent come on and tell us how to make. Yeah. I did see another in this article said that it also has to do with the reduced production schedule. So the actual plants that are making those products are slow on labor too. We got any ideas for a song this week? Once, twice, three times a lady. Is that, uh, is that on that's there? That's not, that's like, um, <laughs> all who sings that, isn't it like uh, Richie or, uh, I don't know. Oh, he sings a hello. It's, or, uh, that's a Lionel, deal. Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. He sings yeah. the original hello. Mm-hmm. 
Is it me you're looking for? All right, before I can we get see too it far in your down that. Uh, I know there was a 90s country star had a birthday this week. Who that? Alan Jackson. Ooh. How old do you think he is? I can How guess. How old do y'all think Alan Jackson? He's like 68 he's or something, 62. isn't he? 62. I think it was 64, wasn't it? Ooh. Ooh, we were right in I the was, middle. I was closer. You were close. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Alan Jackson song? Well, we've talked about this before. I, I mean, I'm I like Chattahoochee. That's a, that's probably yeah. We did that when the best Chattahoochee boards, didn't we? Yeah, but I like Little Bitty. That's probably one of my favorite ones. Hey, that fits our guest this week. Oh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. that's not nice. <laughs> he mentioned it. He did, I guess. He mentioned. Um, it. The Mobleys are not a family of tall stature. Yeah. But, I mean, Alan Jackson has a lot of hits. But, yeah, that, that'll be good. And we'll see if we can get that one. I also like Don't Rock the Junior Fox. That's, 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 that's one of my favorites, yeah. All right. Well, sounds like we got a winner there. Uh, thank you all for joining us this week. And we'll stay safe. And we'll see you next week.